to the Creative Process Podcast, a discussion with artists about what goes on behind the scenes when they're creating their work. I'm your host, Dave Hopper. On this episode, I speak with artist Laura Swanson. Laura is an artist examining the behavior of looking at physical difference, working across various media, including drawing, installation, photography, and sculpture. Her awards include grants and scholarships from the National Endowment for the Arts, the Jacob K. Javits Fellowship Program, and the Samuel I. Newhouse Foundation. She lives and works in New York, New York. And Laura Swanson, welcome to the Creative Process Podcast. Thanks so much for having me. So those who listened to our last episode with Shannon Finnegan, another New York artist, um, she is the one who introduced us to Laura and sent her on this path to be on the podcast. And how do you guys know each other? I actually have not met uh, Shannon in person yet. Um, she found me on Instagram a few months ago, and um, it was because of uh, your invitation to be on the show. I reached out to her, and I asked her, you know, why she started following mm-hmm. me and um, just to get to know her. And it turns out that she was doing some research on um, some artists and came across my work and decided to follow me. So I've actually been seeing her work for the past few months and um, so it was a surprise when she recommended me and so now we have plans to meet each other in person. Um, we don't actually live that far away from each other. <laughs> it took gonna... going all over the internet yeah. and getting all the way up here in Albany to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to meet somebody that lives about 10 minutes away. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that was a very interesting connection and um, I'm looking forward to meeting her. Yeah that's really definitely a podcast first for the creative process. We're <laughs> Yeah. Matching up different artists who have never met each other. Yeah. She's a, a very active on, on Instagram, and, and so am I. And um, that's been a, a good, I think, platform and an outlet um, for me. And I think other artists, um, you know, some people use um, Instagram once in a while um, yeah. when they kind of remember to use it or if they are somewhere. <laughs> but there's a group of artists that... Or a certain type of artist, and I, I, you know, a lot of my friends are like this, especially photographers, yeah. that use it daily. And they, it's almost kind of like, and I use it this way too, is like a, a digital sketchbook. And um, I think that it's been very good, at least for my practice, to do that because I think um, I do photography too, but mm-hmm. I think that when you are not, let's say, a, a painter in the studio every day, you know, just you know, working on your painting or, you know, with just going out and taking photos, that's a very easy thing to do. But sometimes I work in... Um, you have a, large, lot of, a lot of disciplines. Yeah, large-scale installation or, or sculpture. And sometimes because there's so much time between um, when you actually realize something, uh, uh, you don't feel like you're being productive. Yes. And so Instagram has been a place where... You still show people you're working, even if you're not yeah. have something finished yet. Yeah, and it's also, I mean, it's sort of like a digital sketchbook. I use it in a few different ways. I have, and I think a lot of different artists use it in uh, different ways. But I would say that it's one third sketchbook, like me kind of showing in process stuff or trying out new things. You know, one third uh, sort of showing people like a, a look sort of into my personal life or if I'm traveling or mm-hmm. but it's still related to my art practice and then a third of it is also creating original content for it so I try to show I like to be funny and I like to come up with jokes and um, on Instagram it's it's very easy to uh, come up with you know quick visual jokes mm-hmm. um, and so that's what I do a lot of 
my day job is I, I'm a video editor for a gallery, so I spend a lot of time um, behind a computer, um, <laughs> edit, you know, waiting for yep. things to, to render and stuff. And so I have a lot of time to uh, waste time. And so instead of <laughs> wasting time, I um, try to create um, something in Photoshop, like a digital image or, um, you know, if there's if there's something funny that's going on in politics that's being, you know, treated as a meme or has gone yeah. viral, I'll put my own spin on that. But I kind of use it as a way to entertain my friends. I kind of think of it as a stage where I'm going to entertain my friends and amuse them. And um, it's well, that's really good been that fun. At yeah. least you're being creative during your time when the video is rendering. A lot yeah. of us just browse the internet. <laughs> I do that too. <laughs> I do that too. But um, but it's been, yeah. And, and I think there's a lot of my friends, since they post daily, um, you build a momentum. And it. I mean, I wouldn't say that it's competitive. I think that with with images and posting images, especially when when I um, was in photography classes, I think that there is a level of competition where you're just it's mm-hmm. photography is a very um, you know sort of fast paced thing where you're just trying to shoot as much as you can and yep. you're showing and um, I like the momentum of creating these fast images on Instagram and just moving on to the next thing and seeing other people do that at the same time. It's really fun. It's almost kind of like a sport, but it's all in like kind of good humor. Yeah, I've definitely seen that when I post a lot of my photos on Instagram because I only share finished work on my Instagram. That's just how I do it. I see it almost like a blog since I don't have a blog per se because I'm terrible at blogging. Mm-hmm. Um I just use it sort of as a blog, as like almost a second portfolio, I guess yeah. you could say. Yeah. Like a lot of, I like to keep it, I guess, professional, quotation marks. Yeah. Um, and I use like the Instagram stories for like personal stuff. Yeah. Because they don't stick around. And if someone wants to, is looking at your work, they're not, they don't see a picture of my kid after five finished photos. Yeah. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of my friends do that. And I'm always questioning myself. They're very disciplined and they keep it very professional. And I have sort of, you know, I, I can be serious and I and I am a professional and very serious about my work. But at the same time, I really love um, kind of just slapstick humor and visual things oh, yeah. and sort of silly things. And so... Um, and you're building momentum, whereas someone like me, if I don't shoot for a little bit, I don't have anything to post. Well, no, but... but <laughs> so but, keeping what you're doing daily and keeping going, it keeps people interested. Yeah, but I'm also like, I wonder... Because there's, you know, professional people that follow me, and I'm like, I wonder if they they <laughs> just think they're like, I my sense of humor is so strange or something. But But, <laughs> but you know... It's supposed to be fun. I, I talk to my friends, and they try to have fun with it. But what's interesting about it is that I've spent so much time on Instagram specifically and making things for it. Um, I've noticed, especially in the past uh, couple projects that I've worked on, that my the work in my fine art practice is commenting on social media culture and yes. um, the visuals there. So I guess if, if to talk about what my creative process is. Yes, that's always the good question on this podcast. <laughs> well, I, w- I would say it depends on the context. Um, typically, I work, um, again, I, I'm very jealous of painters. I wish that I could have a studio where I just go in 
And I'm I, very jealous I, I of paint. musicians like that because with their album cycle, yeah, they make one album for three years and they go play it. Yeah. And it's like they don't have to come out with a song every week. No. You know, they come up with 10 songs every three years. And it's like a cycle, whereas a lot of artistic um, disciplines don't have like a cycle like that. Everyone's working at different paces. They, There's no like, this is what you do. They are. And I've found that since I put a lot of energy and effort into each project that I do. And so I've found what works for me is to work from exhibition to exhibition, usually, mm-hmm. and I, I will do something new or a couple things new for the exhibition. And so, so it's kind of like a deadline. Yes, it's it's a deadline. And, and the most recent project that I'm working on is for an upcoming exhibition, but it was inspired by social media. I've known about this show that's coming up for uh, over a year now, but I didn't start this most recent project like a, a, a month ago because... <laughs> I, Sounds like what I would do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I um, was trying to come up with stuff. I mean, I have. I'm showing. Um, it's a solo exhibition, so so I'm showing older work. Mm-hmm. But um, you want to have something new too. Yeah, it. I want to have something new, and so, well, basically, what the project is, I was. It was around Christmas time, mm-hmm. and a lot of people were posting a lot of photos of their families, and um, there's this trend. I don't know if you've heard of this trend. But there's this trend, it started in, in Japan and Korea, but mm-hmm. now it, it sort of hit um, America because people take selfies wearing these things. But there are these facial masks that are... Oh, yeah. Yeah, so you know what... Yeah, okay, the these dog are, ears and yes, the Yes, so there's yeah. these facial masks that are sort of like spa masks, but... Um, they have a lot of different uh, designs. So, like, some of them are dogs. Um, some of them are more... Uh, there's, like, I have a bunch of kabuki design ones, um, anime characters. I saw some people wearing, the, like, just the plain white ones. But then around Christmas time, um, one of my friends took a selfie with her and her mother wearing uh, a Santa and reindeer um, <laughs> facial sheets, like, in front of their Christmas trees. And I just... I thought that there was just something there was just something that just kind of interested me about that and I I was thinking I wonder what that would look like very formalized and right. um because the type of portraits I do are are quite formal and they're often um referencing like art history a painting like portraiture and art history or you know very kind of classic you know portraiture where it's all about like the kind of the power you know the power or the the most the definitely pose. a look back then because yeah. they had to stay in that pose for a long time yes yes so <laughs> it's not like flowing posing like models do today no so <laughs> the serious face that they're making was because they had to hold that face yeah. <laughs> and so that's why no one <laughs> smiled for years and years at the beginning right right and i wanted to see um a lot of my work is looking at portraiture um in and I think that my interest in the that selfie um, was not only because it was it you know dealt with like the concealment of the face and, and masking which I'm interested in, mm-hmm. but also I started thinking about how how far portraiture has come from you know the art history portrait to the family school portrait to now the selfie and the selfie is the most just in terms of how it looks. 
um, it's so casual. The lighting doesn't need to be good. I mean, you're it's all about off, the angles, right? They're often in the bathroom, and and, <laughs> yeah. and so it has this very there's very, no background needed. No, no, nothing. <laughs> it's it's just very. It's the most casual portrait there could ever be. So my latest project is um, portraits of my friends wearing these masks. Um, so I ordered a bunch. I uh, I think I've cleared the inventories of many <laughs> online Asian beauty shops. I mean, I have because they will send it to me, and there's a, it's out of stock. And I say, "Are you going to get any more?" And they say, "No." So I've I've, I've bought You've tons of them these dry. things. Yes, tons of these things. Um, and I'm taking portraits of friends that live in New York, but I'm also using this to go see people I haven't seen for a while. And also, um, beyond friends, I've also in- invited people who I want to get to know that I don't know very well, but they seem like really great people. <laughs> yeah. um, I've invited them to participate in this, and, and they're very excited. So it's um, Is that the first time you've invited other people to be photographed? Like yes, that? yes. A couple years ago, I had a fellowship at The Economist, and... They also found out that I did portraiture, too, <laughs> so they hired me to take portraits of um, all the, the marketing staff for them to put on their PowerPoint uh, presentations. And so I actually have a lot. I've taken tons of portraits of other people, right. but I've, I haven't. Um, like for not for personal. No, not, not for my own work. So this is a departure um, in many ways. But I'm, I have taken for this project. I think it's six portraits so far. I plan to have 20 in total. I'm going to take it tomorrow. All my weekends uh, in in (laughs) April are booked to go do this. But it's been really fun. And the... My friends have had a fun time so far participating in in this project because typically when you're getting your portrait taken, there's a level of vanity. Like, do I look good or are you going to... And fix it in Photoshop. Right, right. (laughs) There's a level of vanity and, and nervousness and... There's something about wearing these masks, at least for me, but I, I've also you know, asked my friends after they took it, that you're putting distance between you and the camera, and you're also putting distance between you and the viewer, and, and your face is pretty much, you know, with most of the masks, unrecognizable. Mm-hmm. And so th- in a way, I, I feel like I, I was telling uh, Greg, my partner, the other day that it's almost like I'm putting on a like an opera or like when you see the portraits together, it's like I'm putting on like a Shakespearean play and these are my actors and they're all dressed up in costume. <laughs> so it's been it's been a really fun project. Do you have any idea how you would like to display it when it's done? Um, is there a certain way you would want people to look at them in order or is I've thought about that and especially <laughs> since they're gonna be in the um exhibition, I'm planning to print them um, m- much larger than I normally do. I, ki- I kind of want them to be a little bit larger than life because they are very striking and graphic. Mm-hmm. But I'll probably um, maybe 30 by 40. And I mean, they're pretty stark. The inspiration for the look of it um, is Baroque uh, portraiture. And there's it's basically a bright spotlight on somebody's face in front of a black background. Mm-hmm. Um, so the inspiration comes from art history painting, but also the where I think where it really came from is 
from um, popular culture and cinema when somebody is being questioned and <laughs> that that trope in films where they have the detective it has them in the room and they have the yeah, light on the them. Light right in their face. Yeah, so it's very it's kind it's of a, a noir kind of. Yeah, thing. yeah, it's, it's like a very confrontational, um, almost when when people are sitting for the portrait. And I mean, I've sat under that light too. You can't really see anything, so it's, is it continuous lighting the user? Yeah, so it's it's basically a bright bulb <laughs> in like a a clamp light from Home Depot that's constantly on a few inches from uh, my friend's face. So, <laughs> hey, I'm gonna come up and shine this big light in your face for a while. You know mine, right? right? <laughs> And so I'm I'm very grateful for my friends, their willingness to do this and their patience, but I'm very happy and I think they have been very happy with how the portraits have turned out so far. So this has been this has been a very fun project for me to work I on. I find it interesting that you're we're inspired by a selfie, mm-hmm. and then you set out to take pictures of other people from the selfie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, I was, you know, I was thinking about, I'm sort of critical of it, but not, you know, they don't bother me. When I see, when I see my friends do it, um, it doesn't bother me, but I'm sort of critical of it because I wonder, well, it, it's interesting to think about because I am, I use my own body in most of my work, but then again, I'm critical of the selfie. So it's interesting that I, it's sort of, it's sort I've of. I've had this conversation with, I think, two other people have been on this podcast. Really? Brooke Shaden and Samantha Gabal, first two, where, because Brooke Shaden is a huge self-portrait person. Mm-hmm. But she manipulates her stuff to achieve a certain look, but it's still self-portraits. Yeah. But she would never call her stuff selfies because it's a totally different. Right. And the blending of those things kind of, I don't want to say it irks, it doesn't irk her, but it yeah. irks me because I just, I never like a selfie on Instagram. That's yeah. just my own policy. Cause I'm, I'm not there looking for selfies, I yeah. guess. But certain people are and they love it. Yeah. It's, it's just it's just when you see the fifth one in your feed <laughs> that yeah. day it's just sort of <laughs> it's it's well it is it, it's an interesting thing it's like some of my work you know I could say about some of the work the previous work where I'm depicted in it um the main reason I, that I'm depicting myself in it is because number 1 I'm readily available <laughs> so <laughs> I can do it I'm I am talking about um scale and I am talking about difference and I do have um issues with exploiting other people um especially if they have different bodies and so I've always used myself in my work because I can there's been questions about whether I'm exploiting myself or not but I feel pretty strongly about exploitation by photographers of other bodies and so um, especially, I think, in the fine art context, in conceptual work, because there's usually a, a deeper meaning or, or more critical meaning there. But for me, um, in the selfie, I've I've thought about it in this interesting way where it it's less of a portrait and it's more of... And I think about the masks and, and when people wear these facial masks on, on Instagram is that it's the facial mask is sort of like this prop to take a selfie. So it's like, here's another excuse... For me to take a selfie, I have a mask on, so it's different. Or in in bathrooms, it's I'm in a different bathroom this time, so I'm Look going at to this take bathroom a selfie. Mirror. And so that's that actually was the um, inspiration for another series that I actually didn't even consider part of my practice. So I don't know. It's like maybe four years ago, I started taking 
bathroom portraits, but because I'm short-statured, you can only see the top of my head in most of these shots. So actually I'm taking, instead of a selfie, I'm taking <laughs> interior architecture shots of, of a sink and a mirror and a bathroom. And it became this thing that I, I that my friends were very amused by because it gave them, I mean, not only a look into you know my perspective of being in the bathroom and how we're so used to seeing selfies from a, a certain angle, but also it became a critique on the selfie. And I had only planned to have those photos um, on and keep them on Instagram because I didn't think of them as... Uh, a completed work. Yeah, anything. a completed work, but uh, a curator a few years ago really liked it. And one instance I showed them on a screen, and then in another show I actually printed them out. Um, they're about like... They were small squares on a shelf. I didn't want them to be like larger than life because they originally were these small pictures on Instagram. But I've, I found that the viewer or the audience, like people going to the show or people writing about the show, were really compelled by them. This sort of examination of the selfie um, and what that looks like when somebody who does not have, you know, the average size body is, is taking these pictures. And... Um, I called them, the title of those photographs uh, are Hope, New York, because it's, um, Hope is a, a city that I lived in in Rhode Island, and then New York is a state that I mm -hmm. live in now, and so I wanted to be about the places that I lived in, and everybody calls them anti-selfies, <laughs> and, um, and I also have another uh, older series of, of they're called anti-self-portraits, and they actually are um, these tableaus of my body in um, different interior spaces being uh, covered by uh, objects like clothing or um, a shower curtain or just different objects within the scene. And those are called anti-self-portraits. Now everybody calls those anti-selfies, <laughs> too. And it <laughs> and so Darn people <laughs> no it's i mean it's it's just really really interesting how the idea of the selfie has just dominated this our our culture, culture. and it, yeah it's been it's been really interesting to to be an artist especially in a time where images are everywhere and and yeah. the production of images is so much faster than than normal and so I think with um, going back to the portrait project I'm working on now, it's called Beauty. It's I guess that's maybe an attempt to slow it down and to put use, more time into yeah selfie-ish. Yeah, to look at. I mean, I think in a way, I was inspired by something amusing on on Instagram, but now I'm actually taking the time to go out and collaborate with other friends and other artists and get to know more people and physically traveling to do this and so so that's something... a better response than me who just gets annoyed by them <laughs> you're actually out there creating something oh, i find interesting about the selfie and i want to get your thoughts on this okay for years anyone who's taken a portrait painted a portrait you're trying to get to that person's inner self you're trying mm -hmm. to get the mask off of them mm -hmm. and get an actual natural looking portrait and now people take those on their own and just post them all over the place so mm -hmm. Is it easier or harder to get to someone now? Do they have more of a mask up when you're trying to photograph them, or do they have less? Um, well, it depends on the person. Um, most of the people that 
I am, well, actually, everybody that I'm, I'm going to take a portrait of for this project is aware of my art practice mm -hmm. and sort of the concepts behind them. So they feel much more comfortable with me. Um, and, and it's been a great process so far. When I've shot portraits of people I don't know for uh, commissions, for, for a job, it has become more increased. You know, I'd, I don't want to say anything bad about anybody because it is a very to to go into to a photo studio with these bright strobes and like there's this big camera and yeah there's, there's a, a reason backdrop. i would be behind the camera yeah there, it. it's very very uh can be intimidating intimidating and you're you know in the case of like RISD, it's your like your first day at school and then you're pushed <laughs> into this studio where you have to um you're getting your portrait taken and and most you know most people if they're going to do you know a portrait for just a website for school it's not going to be like this high production it's going to be just yeah. a snapshot so i cut them some slack because they're going into um, a very intimidating um situation but i have noticed though over the years that um, there have been a couple people after I've given them their finished portrait, they've changed the, <laughs> they've actually photoshopped some things in their Jeez. face. And, you know, I, but I can understand that because there, there are apps that do that now that make your skin look clearer, make you look yep. younger or face skinnier. Or whatever it is. In, in some cultures, I know, um, especially in some, some Asian cultures too, that's, that's very, uh, that's a very normal thing to, after you, you take a selfie or something to, to put it through that process where you look better. And, um, but as a photographer and somebody who I, I spend a lot of time, you know, editing the portraits yep. and, um, drives me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but I, I decided, um, you know, after, after, uh, a year ago and, and just because I think I was not enjoying it myself that much I think as I get further away from the the community um you know it's been six years since I graduated I you know at The Economist I knew people but now I I don't really know anybody that worked there it's it's something that it's a process that I want to enjoy and so I think it would be better if I kept it a part of my practice or just between uh, for personal work with family and friends. And I don't want I also don't want people to be be unhappy with their picture. That's another part of, you know, doing a, a commission is you have like this basically this queue of people waiting mm -hmm. to get their shot done, kind of like in school. There's a line <laughs> of people and you only have a couple minutes to right. take their portrait and you kind of have to just accept with whatever you get and I don't I don't want anybody to be unhappy with theirs understandable yeah I have two more questions for you okay what would you like to explore next what would be your next project once your current work is finished do you have anything in the back of your mind that you'd like to explore yes it's a little <laughs> strange <laughs> I don't even know how I would do it but it's a little strange um I've been really into oh well Everything is like tied together. So, uh, because I am a video editor and I am an artist that works out of my studio, out of my own apartment, um, and and I'm a freelance video editor, I spend a lot of time by myself, and so that's why Instagram and social media has been a great outlet for me, is because I can still communicate and right. feel social and, and be in touch with my friends. But 
I've been really interested in um, artists who have uh, become recluses hmm. and kind of in infamous recluses like Stanley Kubrick, uh, for one. Uh, who else? Uh, I'm trying to think. Harper Lee was Harper apparently Lee. A, a recluse, but I've I've been focusing on Stanley Kubrick. Uh, mostly because I'm, I love film. I've, uh, a lot of my work is inspired by uh, directors and, and filmmakers, but also his. I love his films, and um, he. I've watched a few documentaries with about him, and I'm just compelled by him as a person. And so I kind of want to do a work about. I don't know if it's a work about Stanley Kubrick. Or a work about recluses. I, for, for one, like for a moment there, I was like, I really want to somehow look like Stanley Kubrick. Like I want to get, <laughs> but I want to do it in a in a way that's kind of homemade. So it's like I want to because many of my uh, works are uh, based on um, looking at like using available objects, ready made materials, and and altering them in some way. And so I want to, I don't know, source like a bad big beard and like you know he, he wore this kind of light blue members only jacket when he was recording um um 2001 and so he's got he, his look has changed over the years but i i wanted some i don't know what it is but it's it's in there think keywords are stanley kubrick recluse possible portrait that looks homemade <laughs> homemade <laughs> costume that that's on the that's on the back burner right now <laughs> as I work on this other project. It probably will manifest in a way sure that I totally don't know, but I think it would be fun to dress up like Stanley Kubrick for a portrait. There you go. All right, we'll keep our eyes open for that on Instagram, <laughs> of course. Um, and my last question is, who should I speak to next? Do you have anyone who you want me to speak to next? Yes, I do. I, I thought about this one. Um, I would recommend uh, my friend Jordan Baumgarten. He's a photographer based in um, Philadelphia. And um, he's also on Instagram and very active on Instagram. <laughs> very good. And uh, I met him in, in graduate school. He was in the photo program when I was in the digital media program at RISD. And I just think he would, you would, you'd have a great time talking to him because he's very um, funny and outgoing and, and sharp. But I also think that his work is uh, very important. He's, I think he's working on a project now um, with, the, uh, with the city of Philadelphia uh, documenting um, conditions of um, people living in uh, conditions that are like poverty level or worse. Mm -hmm. And he's also, his past work has been about about documenting where he lives and the different kind of economic and social conditions that affect the ways that other people live. So I think that that would be, um, a, he would be a good person for you to have on the show. All right, I will get in touch. Thank you so much for the recommendation. You're welcome. And thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you so much. That was artist Laura Swanson. Find her work at lauraswanson.com. Thank you for listening to the Creative Process Podcast. I'm Dave Hopper. This has been a production of WAMC Northeast Public Radio. The music is Big Screen by Silent Partner. <laughs>